The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. For us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we come before you, and we just thank you that you are present with us. Lord, before we even invite you into our hearts or into our space, God, you're here, you're working things out for our good. So we just thank you for that. I pray for every heart and mind that is here, that you will bring peace and comfort, that we can be open and present to what you may be speaking to us today. Speak through Randall, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit will just fill him up and the words that come out of his mouth, Lord, are your truths and your promises. We thank you for this time. Amen. All right. Well, you know, what Amanda was saying today is, is really relevant to what we're going to talk about this morning. Uh, if you're new to Grace City, welcome. We're in this series right now called Jesus in Every Story. Uh, my name is Randall, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, right now we're in the season of Advent. Uh, and so we're thinking about, you know, the coming of, of Jesus. And, and what we've been looking at is that uh, he's come the first time, but we are anticipating now the second coming of Christ. And so we're in the middle of the tension, right? Of the, the coming of Jesus, but the second coming of Christ. And uh, like was said earlier, and I would encourage you uh, to, to read some of the scriptures that are being put out there because there's the, the uh, Old Testament scripture, the New Testament scripture, and how Jesus is really the fulfillment of all of those things. Um, and so th- we're putting those out there every day, and that's awesome. Um, but also today, one of the big things is this is Give Sunday. And so this is an opportunity for us. I don't know if you, when you walked in today, you saw all of these gifts. And uh, those are going to uh, some families in uh, our city. Uh, one of the visions for Grace City is to be a church for our city. And so this is an opportunity to give to some Burmese refugees that are here. Uh, there's a great man, Pastor Silas, that have been able to become friends with. And, uh, you know, what we're able to do is, is, is give to these families. So there are 300 families right now that they're ministering to. Um, and so we're going to get some video of being able to distribute that uh, to the families that are here um, in San Diego. And so uh, praise God for what is provided, right? Amen. Like, that's awesome. And I, I got a text message this past week uh, from my friend Al. Um, Al and his family have been coming here to Grace City for a while now. And I'm very thankful for that. I mean, he just texted me. He says, Randall, uh, what do you guys need? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, what do you guys need for uh, the, the toys and, and all that? And so he ran over this past week. And God has placed him into a position uh, in his job that he's able to uh, be a blessing and so there are a number of toys that we're able to be given. He's, he's just like, I'm going over to Toys R Us right now uh, to be able to, to give all of these toys. And so he came in this, this morning with a whole uh, truckload. But what, 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 I, what I say that, what, the reason I say that is because uh, that is God strategically placing him in, in the place that he's at to be a blessing. And God puts you in, in places and positions to be a blessing to others, right? And so um, it's not just here on a Sunday morning or it's not just what we could give out of our pockets, right? But it's, it's just saying, okay, God, where have you placed me? Where have you put me in this world? And how can I use that to be a blessing to others? And so um, I texted him back and just said, hey, man, God puts you at the right place at the right time. Right place at the right time. And so that's what we're, we're talking about. Like, what is Grace City? We are a church that is not just here on a Sunday morning, but we are out in the world uh, because we've been, a, we've been blessed and now we get to be a blessing. 
We get to be a blessing to others. And so there are families that we bless through that. And um, one of the things, too, that we're going to do at the end of this service is we're going to take up an offering for Ecuador. And so this is an opportunity for us. Uh, we, we were planted a year ago. There were people who prayed us into existence who said, I want to give towards this church being planted. And so one of the reasons that we're here is to hopefully, by God's grace, help be a, a blessing to the city. And so what we're doing is we're raising $15,000 to give away and say we want to plant a church in Loja, Ecuador, where there is no church right now. So Compassion International is going to come in. They're going to be there. They're going to be there from beginning to end. And they're going to help uh, bless 200 kids. They're going to be there instantly once this church is planted. And May 7th, of 2017, we're going to be able to adopt some of those kids that are going to be in Loja, Ecuador. Um, and so that's coming up. But uh, that's what we're giving for. That's what we're giving for. So at the end of the service, uh, whatever God puts on your heart, whatever he puts on your heart, we can give towards uh, Ecuador planting this church. And so it's a lot of stuff right now, but uh, that's, that's Give Sunday. That's today. That's what God's doing. All right, so our text for today is Isaiah 9-6. And uh, the message is Jesus through the loneliness. Jesus through the loneliness. Now, social media, texting, emails, doesn't it feel like we are constantly connected? Uh, shouldn't loneliness be a thing of the past? It's not. What research is showing is that our connectedness through all of those vehicles that I just named of communication are really an illusion. It's called the new loneliness. We've all felt it, right? Loneliness doesn't just, it doesn't matter how many Facebook friends we have, how many likes we have. In many ways, loneliness is exacerbated during the holiday season. According to surveys uh, from the American Psychological Association, around one in four Americans reports experiencing loneliness this time of year. Uh, loneliness is not an issue. It only comes up during the Christmas season. Uh, AARP did a, a study, and they found that 35% of American adults aged 45 and above are lonely all year round. All year round. The Huffington Post did a study that revealed that 60% of women have feelings of isolation or loneliness, and 20% experience this state most of the year, all the time. Uh, MIT Press did an article simply called The Study on Loneliness, and they said that very little research has been done on the subject itself. Um, and here's what they said. Um, loneliness is much more often commented on by songwriters than by some scientists, or social scientists. One psychiatrist has suggested that we neglect loneliness because we have no theory with which to begin to cope with its manifestations. So we just avoid it altogether. Psychiatrist uh, Frida Fromm Reichman said that loneliness is such a painful, frightening experience that people will do practically everything to avoid it. Yet it still comes. Elizabeth Elliot once said about loneliness, you try to sleep, but a chill seems to have crept into the room and into your heart. The old longing rises unbidden, the longing for someone who isn't there. That thickness in the throat, dryness in the mouth, that relentlessness, what is it? You have been given much, 
home, work, friends? What is this weakness, this sickness, this storm in your soul? Loneliness. What do we do with it? And what does it have to do with Jesus in every story? Well, what we find is that God addressed our loneliness long before any researcher did. And here's, here was God's analysis of humanity. In Eden's perfection, right from the beginning in Genesis, from Eden's perfection, no sin, and when man was in perfect relationship with God, Here's what God said to Adam at the beginning. He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. That's in Genesis 2.18. Why? Because God made us in his image. And so just like was talked about in the video, God is a triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. Timothy Keller says, Adam was not lonely because he was imperfect. Adam was lonely because he was perfect. Adam was lonely because he was like God. And therefore, since he was like God, he had to have someone to love, someone to work with, someone to talk to, someone to share with. All of our other problems, our anger, our anxiety, our fear, our cowardice, arise out of sin and our imperfections. Loneliness is the one problem you have because you're made in the image of God. God made you and me for relationships. And so today, I'm, I'm not going to give you a simple, quick fix remedy to your loneliness if you're lonely right now. Because what we find in Scripture is that it's not just a simple, one-dimensional answer that Scripture gives us, but it's actually a very complex answer to our loneliness. So today I want to give you not all the answers, but a place to start. How can we start? Where, where do we start with our loneliness? Well, it starts at the incarnation. Looking at the incarnation. Think about the, the holiday season. What do we talk about? God with us. Emmanuel. Why is that so powerful? Why does that change everything for us? Because it's God becoming man and becoming man so that he could be with us. With us. Yes, even with us in our loneliness. And so Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, this scripture right here is the scripture that we keep going back to again and again during this Advent season. Why? Because it is an anticipation that God was going to send one to us to meet us in all of our loneliness. And all of the things that people wouldn't be able to fill in our lives. You see, the book of Isaiah was written 700 years before Jesus walked the earth. And the books of Matthew and, and Luke in the New Testament specifically tell of the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecies. And so prophets would come and go in what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. 
And they would tell not only of their, their time specific that they were living in, but also of things to come. Because what we're saying is that the Bible points all back to Jesus. It comes back to him again and again and again. And so you'll see it all through the Old Testament scriptures. And what we find is that it does this specifically because the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's intentionally rooted in history. And so what that does is it invites us to study. It invites us to think. It invites us to grow. And it invites us to think during those times when we're extremely lonely. That's why the Bible tells us to think on these things. Right? To think on these things because it's rooted in something historical that Jesus came 2,000 years ago. It's not a fairy tale. It's historical. And so from today's text, what we find is that in our loneliness, we need a love to come from the outside. A love that can relate to us, that can listen to us, and meet us right where we're at. We need that. And so how does God meet us in our loneliness? Well, he does it in three ways. Three ways. And so I'm going to give you all three up front if you're taking notes today. If you're new to Grace City, we have these journals. They're free. We want you to have that so you can take notes. Um, but we want to equip you. We want to equip you for everyday life to live and know the gospel. And so this is the gospel for you today. That God meets us um, in an understanding way, in an astounding way, and in an accessible way. In an astounding way, or understanding way, and in an astounding way, and in an accessible way. And so let me explain all three as we break down today's text, Isaiah 9, 6. So the first one is in an understanding way. What does that mean? Well, for to us, a child is born. That's where it starts. For to us, a child is born. Have you ever thought, no one gets me? No one truly understands me. No one knows what I'm going through. Here's the thing that we all know. That at some point, all of us were born. That all of us came into the world the same way, and we're all here because we were born into this world. Hasn't happened differently for anybody else. And what we find is that God meets us in that same way. So when Mary gets pregnant, Jesus comes and he is born just like you and me. God was born. For to us, a child is born. We all need somebody who can understand us to know what we've been through. One of my favorite movies growing up was movie uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. I loved Bruce Lee. I love it now because my son is starting to really get into his karate and loving that, and he's becoming a Bruce Lee fan. And so... In this movie, there's a part where, you know, he moves from China to America, and he meets this girl, American girl, and they start dating. And one night they go to the movies. And people look at them funny because as they're together, they're different nationalities. And so they're walking into the movies, they're watching the movie, and um, in the movie, it was a comedy, and 
the actor was play acting someone who was of Chinese descent. And they were mocking uh, the, the, the race and, and the nationality and the person. And so they were mocking it and making fun of it. And he was sitting in the movie watching the movie. And the girl that he was with that he was dating looked over. And as everybody else was laughing in the theater, he wasn't. And so she looked at him and she said, we can go. We can leave the movie. We all need someone to look at us and understand. And when other people might be laughing, they're not. Because they know how deeply it hurts. How deep-rooted that is. And what God did is he said, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send him into the world to be born, just like you, just like me, like, so that he could relate and look over and say, I understand. An understandable way. It's not an abstract way. It's something that is tangible to you and me. What we find is that God becomes like you and me. Think about this. The untouchable becomes touchable. The all-powerful becomes weak. Jesus, he was born into a family just like you and me. Born into the struggle. Born into relational tension and uncertainty. Many scholars look at the life of Jesus and even look at at the way that it's laid out and they, they see that progressively what happens in the story of of Christ is that Joseph is no longer talked about. The father, right? The the one who who comes in and, and lives that father role for Christ on earth. So we see Mary throughout, but we don't see Joseph. What happens to Joseph? Many scholars believe that he probably died during Jesus's teenage years. And so Jesus, if that was the case, would have had to have taken on the role or the responsibility of a leader in the house. So you think about this for a minute. Like you say, well, Jesus can't understand me because I I didn't have my father growing up or I didn't have my mother growing up. I didn't have all of these things. But as you study the life of Christ more and more, what you'll find is that he's been through everything. The pain, the sorrow, the hurt. He's been there. Dorothy Sayers, a British essayist and detective novelist once said, the incarnation means that for whatever reason God chose to let us fall, to suffer, to be subject to sorrows and death. He has nonetheless had the honesty and the courage to take his own medicine. He himself has gone through the whole human experience from the trivial uh, irritations of family life and the cramping restrictions of hard work and lack of money to the worst horrors of pain and humiliation, defeat, despair, and death. He was born in poverty and suffering infinite pain for all of us and thought it well worth his while. Jesus is understanding toward us. That's why Hebrews 2.18 says this, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He's been through it. 
And so God meets us in our loneliness in an understanding way. And you say, God, have you ever been lonely before? Yeah, I have. I felt it. I know what you're going through. And he's able to help us in our time of need. Because then secondly, he comes in an astounding way. In an astounding way. So next it says, to us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. You think, well, well how, does, how would God come? How would God come to you and me? Right, and what we find is that God meets us with a gift. He comes to, to us with a gift. Have you ever been astounded by a gift before? Something that just arrived and you thought, where did this come from? How did this get here? Right, like, th- has that happened to you before? Because that, that's what God is doing to us. He's saying, I'm going to give you a gift that you weren't expecting. And what's God's gift? Grace, sacrifice, relationship. I didn't come to give you a checklist. I came to give you a relationship. See, isn't that thing going in our head like all the time? Like, well, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to get God? What do I have to do to earn him? And, and, and what God came with is a relationship. He says, I came to be with you. That, that's the astounding thing about God. I was meeting with a friend this week. We were having coffee and we were talking. He, he said, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to seek after God right now. I, I, don't, I don't know like where he's at. I really want to know God. I, and, and I looked at him and I said, do you know that God sought you? And that you're seeking him is actually a sign that he was seeking you. He's been looking for you. He, he wants to find you. Hold on, God's looking for me? Yes. See, that's the good news of the Christian message is that we don't have to go out looking for God, but that he was seeking after us the whole time. And that's the astounding part of what this message is all about. He came to us in an astounding way. It says, to us, a son is given given. God wants to give his son. And here's the cool part. He, he gives us himself. Like he gives us himself. You think of like, what are all the things that I wish I could have in all of the world? Like, right, what, what could I have? If you had that thing for long enough, you would know that, that that's not what you needed. It wouldn't have fulfilled it. But God says, you know what? What I want to give you instead is going to a- actually last forever. It's, it's an eternal relationship. That's the astounding part. I want to actually hang out with you. I like you. I want to be around you. You've had people before that says, man, I, I don't know if I can handle a relationship with you. It's a little too much, right? Like, I don't know where to start. God says, I, I want to be with you Always. See, my struggle that I have is, is with earning. Earning. And even this past week, as I was thinking, right before I went to go meet this guy for coffee, as I said, and I felt like God was speaking it to me, I was thinking, uh, God, how could you love me today? I haven't really done much for you today. And then pointed out right there in that moment, when did I ever love you because you did anything for me? When did I ever love you because you did something for me? Like that, that, that I could think that, well, he didn't love me as much 
today because I didn't do much today, but yesterday or the day before I did enough. No, God meets us with grace. And he says, I love you like this. Like it's flat. It's, it's always constant. It's not, well, you did enough for me today, so you're, you're cool with me today. No, it's, it's always the same. Could you believe that there's a God that could love you like that? Because here's what it says next. The government will be upon his shoulders. Alec Matir says it like this. He says, his people's shoulders are delivered because he takes the burden of rule. You ever feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders? You ever feel like this pressure, this anxiety that I've got to hold this thing together? What we find is the astounding part is that God says, no, I'm strong enough to carry whatever it is that you're going through right now. I'll take the weight off your shoulders. See, what we usually do is we isolate ourselves, get us, ourselves into this place of loneliness. We, we say, well, you know, I got this, Lord. I'm gonna carry the weight on my own. But do you hear the words of Hebrews 4, uh, 5 through, or 15 through 16? Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what you need this holiday season more than anything is grace. It's God. It's himself. It's coming in and saying, you know what? I didn't have to work for a relationship with you. Maybe I did with others, but I don't have to with you. And he draws us out of that lonely place and says, come be with me. Come spend time with me. I love you. I care for you. Jesus meets us in an astounding way. He comes in and says, let me carry it. One of the most astounding things that I've experienced as a parent is my son coming up to me and saying these words, how can I help? It's been astounding. It's been life-changing for me. Like, how can I help? I was like, wow, that is, that is life-giving words for me right now. You know, like my son who's six years old is coming in and saying, how can I help? God wants to come in in an astounding way and say, how can I help? How can I help? What? Really? Yeah. That's grace. That's what it is. It's coming in, God meeting us right where we're at and saying, how can I help? Because I understand. The third is in an accessible way. In an accessible way. And so um, it says, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name. His name. When you have his name, you have access to God's wisdom, power, intimacy, and peace. It's in his name. It opens up doors. What's his name? Jesus. It's Jesus. When you have that name, you have everything you need. I remember my freshman year of college, um, and I was sitting at the lunch table, and I looked up, and I saw one of the most beautiful women I, I've ever seen in my life. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, life-changing. And I looked over to my friend. I said, what's her name? 
He said, it's, it's Laura. He said, wow, okay. I know nothing about her, but I need to get to know her. And you know what? It starts with knowing the name, right? It starts with knowing the name. Like You're like, okay, I need to have a relationship with this person. And then I really realized how amazing she was. The world opened up to me, right, when I realized that she was the most beautiful woman in the world. But it started with the name. And what God gives us is he says, I want to give you the name that's going to open up doors for your life. It starts with him. And so do you, do you need wisdom right now? Because the way that it describes it in this text, when it talks about wisdom, is, is like this is the closest within the, the Hebrew language that would lead to like this supernatural wisdom. The, the, the simplicity of like, okay, I don't know anything. I, God, I, I just don't have it. Like whatever. Like he says, that's where he comes in. And he says, you want, you want wisdom beyond yourself? You, you feel like you don't, you don't have what it takes? There's a wonderful counselor that wants to come in and be with you. He wants to counsel you in ways that no counselor in the world could ever counsel you. We were talking about this uh, recently with, with our team leaders. It was, it was that, what, what does it look like to have a mentor in your life? I've been looking for a mentor all my life. What, what, what is it? What would it look like that God would say, I would come in and be your mentor? I will mentor you. I will guide you. I will be the one to come in and, and give you the wisdom that you've always needed and looked for. I've been looking other places, God. No, it starts with him. And then what you'll find is that there's a mighty God, a God who's able to get you through the difficulties of life, an everlasting father, right? Like we might have our father here for a temporary time, but there's one that lasts forever. There's a prince of peace. It starts with his name. And he comes to us in an accessible way, right? Like, I just want you to know my name. I know your name. I want you to know my name. That's how he meets us. And so just some takeaways for today of like how do we deal with loneliness? And so I, I just want to give you a, a few helpful things. And so the first one is this. Expect times of loneliness. Expect times of loneliness. Many times as Christians we are surprised by bouts of sin, bouts of loneliness, bouts of any of these things. And so don't be surprised when loneliness comes upon you. It, it, it's going to come because there are going to be times where you're going to think no one really understands me. Even the people who are closest to me, they don't understand me. And it's because really you are so uniquely made and you've been through so many things that people haven't been through that Nobody really could understand you. Like when somebody's sitting down with you and you're having coffee with them and they say, oh yeah, yeah, that reminds me of this time in my life. And you're thinking, no, that's not really what I went through. It's because you uniquely went through it and, and just expect that it's gonna come. Like where you're just feeling like, ah, I'm really alone on this one. And so, there are other times when we think, well, I'm the only one going through this. That's not necessarily true. Right? But you're, you're going to feel it. 
you're gonna go through times of loneliness. So First Peter five, I mean, it says that there there are brothers and sisters who are going through things similar, right? But you're not completely out there in the weeds by yourself. But you, the way that you're going through it, you really are going through it alone in that particular way, or, or the things that you've experienced in your life. Like nobody could be like, yeah, yeah, I know that I was there. No, you weren't. And so. There are other things that will come up too where you think, well, I must be a terrible Christian for feeling this way. I'm feeling lonely, so I must just be a terrible Christian. I'm not close enough with God. The Psalms point us in the other direction. Psalm 25, David screams out. He says, I'm lonely. So just know that it it does come. It does happen. It's not because you're a bad Christian or anything like that that you're feeling lonely. It's okay to just be honest and say, yeah, I I am right now. And that's what he even said. It's because you're made in the image of God. So don't be surprised. Um, The reasons vary. Maybe the passing of a loved one, just the feeling like no one understands personal suffering that you're going to face. Here's the thing about suffering. Suffering in many ways makes you feel like you're cut off from others, um, isolated from your friends, who you may feel like they really don't understand you. And so it just kind of isolates you in some way. It's also true that there, there are friends that may indeed stay away from you because you're going through suffering. They don't, just don't know how to talk to you about it. They don't, they don't know what to say, and it's hard. And so loneliness will come and just expect it. But here's the second part. Loneliness is not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix. And so here's for some of it, it could be a physical thing. Like the whole medical thing, that's not a bad thing. There might be some things that are medical. And so maybe all it might be at times is just to get out and take a walk, go on a hike. Like, see, here's the thing about the Bible. Like we're not Gnostics in the sense of like, you know, the the spirit's good, the body's bad. We're not like that. And so there might be some physical things that are contributing to the loneliness that you have. And so part of it might be just getting out, exercising, eating right, all of those types of things that are contributing to it. Um, It could be an emotional thing that's going on right now. There's some heavy emotional stuff and, and we need time to process through it. It could be spiritual Right? It could be like a moral thing where we've sinned or something like that, so we just feel like separated. I don't want to be around anybody. It could be that. Uh, it could be relational. There's relational tensions and all that. So what I'm saying is it's not, a, it's not like a, a one-size-fits-all. It is unique. Right? And, and loneliness is not a quick fix, and it does take time. And so whatever it is, though, don't waste your loneliness. Don't waste it. Here's what I mean by that. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot uh, said this about her loneliness because here, here's the thing. She would know. She lost her husband not once. She lost another husband again to cancer. She lost the first one uh, as she was a missionary in Ecuador. Second time she lost her husband to cancer and so she, she's dealt with and actually wrote a book on loneliness. Um, but here's what she says. She says, loneliness is one of God's pulleys. It is a call to prayer, 
This condition of my earthly existence from which I cannot extricate myself is the very ground of my prayer. Because I'm lonely and afflicted, I have reason to hope for divine help. God is in the business of coming to the aid of those who know their need and ask him to meet it. Okay, so loneliness is not a quick fix, but, but it, does, it does pull us towards God. It does pull us to this place where we say, we, I need him in my life. And so the last one is this. Be equipped to face loneliness. Be equipped. So here's how to do it. First, remember the incarnation. Remember what we talked about today as we broke down this text. Read it over and over again. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You've got to like let this sink in. Emmanuel, God with us. You and I need it. So if you're feeling lonely, remember the incarnation. Second is, remember the family. Remember the family. So one of the things that is beautiful, and I don't know if you read the blog this past week, but it's really good talking about the historical birth of Jesus. If you haven't checked it out yet, go on Grace City's website, check out the blog. Uh, but one of the things it says is that Jesus was born into a family, a family that loved him. He was born into a community of people. And so here's the thing. If the Son of God is born into a family and God the Father says they, he needs a family to be around him, why do many of us say that we don't need the family of God? Why, why do many of us push away and say, oh, I've got it on my own. I, I'm going to go pray and be spiritual on my own. That's not a biblical idea, right? So you are made to be in a community of people who love God made to be in a community of believers. And so we can't do this life alone. We are born into a family. And so that's why God saves us into a family. You're not saved into just a personal relationship with Jesus. You're saved into a family of God where we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why it says in 1 Timothy, like, you know, you look at... Uh, older women as your, your mother. You look at uh, younger ladies as your like, little sister, right? You look at people that are across from you as your brothers and sisters. Like We're all in this as a family together. That's what the Bible teaches us. And so we need one another, and we need to be equipped for our loneliness, and actually God has given us everything we need, right? He's given it all to us. And the last one is, remember it's complicated, Remember that it's complicated. It's not just this easy fix. You are intricately, uniquely made. No one is like you. Your experiences are completely unique in the sense that you're walking through this journey with God and he's the only one that sees this. And truly no one is able to understand you in this life. Like maybe parts of it, but God is the one who like really is able to understand. Like really knows. Because he's with you on all of, of this journey. And so he, here's the gospel today. The gospel, the good news is this, that we're not, we're not left alone on our own to live this life. But that whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're in, uh, you, you have a family, whatever stage of life you're in right now, widowed, widower, like any, any spot in life. Here's the thing. Like ultimately, 
you are not alone because God has, has said, I, I, I am with you. I, I am the man. Like, you're not alone in your loneliness. And so, the only one who was truly alone was Jesus Christ. Because there was a lonely night 2,000 years ago where there was a darkness over the earth and he's on the cross and everybody's looking at him in anguish and pain and they don't understand. They do not understand. We didn't understand the cross. And so as everybody put him up there, they looked at him, they looked at him just screaming out in pain, said, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus faced this eternal loneliness that you and I would never have to face because it was just him up there. None of us can really understand the cross. But it's when we see those nail-scarred hands and when we know that it was him up there, we, we fall to our knees and we say, that's our Savior. Right? As we were praying this morning, one of the things that said was that, and even goes with the symbol, that the cross is not just just this symbol or this thing that we put around our neck or see on Mount Soledad. But it's something that we look at and say, that's our Savior. He was on that cross. It becomes personal because in his loneliness, he did it for us. C.S. Lewis says he died not for men, but for each man. If each man had been the only man made, he would have done it no less. And so where do we start with our loneliness? Start with the one who died for you. Start with the one who wanted to do everything to understand what you've been through. To do it in an astounding way and make, make himself accessible to you. And do you believe that he loves you like that? Do you believe that he went that far splitting heaven and earth to get to you. Because as you sit there in your lonely moments, you'll realize you're really not alone. He's there with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I pray that you, you speak, God. You make sense of it all. Lord, we need your words. We need your voice to come into our lives. God, I don't know. I don't know what everyone's going through. I don't, I don't know what this season means for many of us. All I know is what I've been through. But God, you're the one who speaks and you're the one who knows and you're the one who, who felt the pain. And so, God, thank you that you haven't left us to ourselves, but you said, I, I want to come to you, and I want to love you right where you're at. God, bring all these things to life for us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. 
If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.